0: This is my favorite part when the music kind of slowly fades down as I get to kind of talk to you. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to because cannabis from wayward media. I am BC Wayman. <sighs> I don't have someone else with me in that other box. I don't have my usual cohort cohort. I'm not even talking right today. My usual cohort my usual side by side guy with me, Dustin Kava. He is out on assignment. He's not on assignment. He's having a technical difficulty, but that's what happens. Uh, we cannot not deliver content, we have to make sure that we are giving you what you want lots of great up to date cannabis news, our thoughts on that great interviews with great guests. Uh, But today, today, it's just going to be me just going to be me talking to you, which would make you sad. But I knew you can't just stand me the entire time. So I got us a guest. I got us one of my good buds to come in today to talk about cannabis, to talk about growing, talk about organicness, talk about blueberries. Like, who doesn't want to talk about blueberries? I actually have a newfound love. I think our guests will be excited to hear this today. I have typically been an anti blueberry fella. I don't know where you fall on the scale of what little like fruits and stuff you like to eat. Actually, most berries, I'm kind of anti berry in general. and we'll get to the cannabis in a second, but let's go on a slight berry tour here. Uh, I typically am anti berry, even strawberry. I would put strawberry overrated. I know, I know, I know, but clearly overrated, but definitely the rasps, the blues, uh, you know, the boysens, any of the other berries, uh, GTFO, right. But recently. And maybe it's because I had a few good ones. Maybe I just finally found the best blueberry, much like cannabis. Maybe you got to wait to find the right strain, the right cultivar, the right type or substance, or even molecular structure. We're going to talk science today as well. That speaks to you. So maybe you're just looking for your right blueberry. Uh, I got my right blueberry coming up here in just a minute. Uh, Don't forget, everyone, Wayward Media, wayward.media. That is our website. Be sure to check it out. Lots of other great shows. Anthony Trav is streaming. Got a couple new shows coming up soon. So definitely check out the website and we would appreciate if you're here watching us on YouTube every single Friday, brand new shows for 20 PM, every single Friday, brand new shows from because cannabis, be sure to give us a subscription, it'll give you the latest notifications when the shows go live or follow us. That's right. Uh, this show that you're listening to right now is also available on audio format, on iTunes, on Google play on stitcher, pick your audio podcast, place of pleasure. That's where you're going to go find it. Follow us there because cannabis socially check us out. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at meet W M M E E T W M meet W M. That's where you'll find us on there. I need to up my social game. It's been a little bit weak. You know what? Maybe I need inspiration. Do you ever need that? Do you ever just need someone who, when you're with, they say shit that just is like, you're right, or damn it, I didn't think of that, or like, nah that's the type of person you need in your life sometimes you need inspiration I found one in the unlikeliest of places right you have to have yings to your yangs or yangs to your yings or ups and downs lefts rights all those opposites attract and though we're not as opposite as it seems when Dustin couldn't show up today I knew the only other person I could bring in as a co-host is the professor the professor blunt stash max uh sitting there in some deep dank are you in a space shuttle max professor blunt <laughs> stash? where are you at right now man
1: well you see i was trying to be on time for this show but then i got abducted so they said i could do it from here
0: i am shocked by that what's <laughs> up max how you doing man good man it's a beautiful day
1: i'm here in my mail room up in my michigan caregiver spot and i have All my little males kind of going, getting stress tested. I'm having a great
0: day. I'm really excited you brought me on here. We're going to jam out talk about a lot of different stuff so i think so Uh, oh we have to start and so max uh i met you i met you at the cleveland school of cannabis we talked about that before here on because cannabis a lot Uh, i met max there and matt hex uh has moved on to uh greener pastures quite literally uh taking his cultivation game uh to the next level helping other patients in the state of michigan but i want to take you back max because one of the things and i was reminded of this recently i had forgotten you know you have humble beginnings we all have origin stories like every great superhero or villain we don't know really what our path in life will be uh but someone who gets into cultivation you still had to learn kind of the basic cultivation right horticulture plants are plants it doesn't matter if you're going potatoes or cannabis plants are plants right so you still had to learn those basic skills and i was reminded recently when we uh were together that you used to manage a blueberry farm like was that it other berries are simply all it was was a blueberry growing place well we did a
1: lot of different crops but we had 17 acres of blueberries Ooh, that, so, that's a, wow. i mean the thing is blueberries once you plant them you can't really kill them if you like take out the trees you take out the poison ivy you mow the grass or even a couple times of the season you can't really kill a blueberry crown i mean you can try and take a chainsaw to it that's actually what we did to rejuvenate them you're not going to kill them you can try to dig them out you got to get a giant machine to wedge in there beep beep four different ways and then you can move a bush and then technically you could kill it if you broke that into pieces but they're one of the most hardy things and i just love blueberries and i'm happy that you're starting to love them too yeah, for
0: I'm not, a, I'm slowly coming around. All right. So I'm still going back to this, you know, cannabis, a plant that obviously can grow, however, but, uh, has its intricacies when it likes to grow, but blueberries, huh? They just are like cockroaches. It just grows and grows and is impossible to kill. I don't know if I knew that about blueberries. It's a tough plant to, to take out.
1: I mean, they're great. If you got an acidic soil in the right place for them, they will take over. There's there's not so much that really thrives in that. I mean, there's tree of heaven. Uh, like I said, poison ivy doesn't mind it. Blackberries don't mind acidity. They won't yield the best in it. Um, certain raspberries and things, but, um, for the most part, uh, we did that. We did a lot of vegetable gardening. Um, you know, that was back when I just got my engineering degree and I worked for a couple of years and I thought to myself, you know, I want something more than just oil, gas, you know, engineering. I'm, I'm, a, I'm from a chemical engineering background. I worked at LG Rolls-Royce very prestigious places doing research and development for hydrogen fuel cells and other sorts of technologies for the future. But that didn't really make me feel uh, the same joy that I get from plants and being able to apply my chemical engineering knowledge and my engineering uh, uh, prowess to uh, growing has been very fruitful for me and it's been beautiful to be able to do something I love. Um, but you know, it still just comes back to trying to emulate what we're doing outside and trying to get that highest quality product, food stock, whatever it is. And I feel like that only happens with, with the communion with nature. So there's any of those hydro guys or bottle boys watching, I'm sorry, but like, I still think organic's the best by far end of the day. You can't beat mother nature.
0: Well, uh, break that down. We have had, uh, we've had a couple of people on here, cultivators. We had some, uh, we had an LED lighting guy, Greg Selby, science LED. Shout out to you. Check out that episode uh, because cannabis I think That was like two episodes ago. Uh, we've had a couple of hydroponics centric people on here. Some very scientific minded. It seems to be, that's the, where we're floating so far. You yourself, Max, kind of in that engineering um, side of it. So we have had that, but you are definitely one of the first people I've met who, and we've known each other for about four or five years now, who talks it through and through, right? And you live the life, right? You don't already live the life. You have the, the growing techniques and organicness you prefer, but you're organic in your household, right? And you're always walking around just shirtless and, you know, just <laughs> one with nature, one with nature, Max is. Uh, so I'm always curious because I'm still learning this. Um, acidicness versus alkalineness in our soil. Right. I know, for example, you know, like in a pH balance, you know, cannabis is like, wants to be like a six or a seven, you just mentioned more acidic soil. Is there vegetables or things that do excel in a very alkaline based soil or very acidic? Is there, I always, I would think everything prefers neutral like six, seven pH balance, but are there like plants and such that actually do require a lot of alkaline or acid in their soil?
1: You know, there tends to be a lot of plants that do that. The first thing that comes to mind would be the opportunistic plants. The plants that come there, the weeds that you see, purslane, chicory, dandelion, these are very tolerant of alkaline sort of uh, conditions. And you got to realize that whenever we till soil outside, we 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 activate bacteria, we reset the cycle of succession whoop, all the way back to barren desert that we can do whatever we want with, right? Or not, not a desert, but barren uh, landscape and landscape. We can blanket it with all the different things. So first things that pop up are the opportunistic uh, weeds, so to speak, which usually have a lot of, you know, invasive qualities per se. I don't really believe in what invasive species necessarily, since we're in such a global um, phenomenon right now. So many species moving around the planet. I think things that are native are being replaced by other things that are better at being native. And now we just have to understand, you know, what's going to be best. So we're moving through a big flux. So I do think that, when we're getting to ph though when we're getting to soil i think cannabis has shown us that it can grow in a lot of different conditions fungal to bacteria ratio affects the the uh ph very much so as the bacteria again like i said they get worked up it gets more alkaline when you have more acidity that's from usually having more fungi so o- older forests they'll tend to be under six seven you know as you go out into the plains they can kind of shift upwards it just kind of depends
0: I don't know. Sometimes, wait, I think we all have things that we try to commit to memory, right? And there's only like so much, I always imagine our brains are, like hard drives right like mine is a like a two gig probably it's an old school like a smaller hard drive and when I want to put new information and I have to like physically delete and I picture this little person running around inside my head who like has to like actually hit delete inside my brain right uh and remove that from there so it gets a lot to then kind of contain all of this uh information do you like this stuff though I mean do you like playing in the dirt and thinking about the science of it because we hear so much I talk to growers and they do talk about the soil and such and they you know they talk about the the plant itself but the chemical makeup right like the carbon in there and nitrogen and aspects of it like engineering it making that uh seems to be something you know you've talked about before with me and you kind of enjoyed like it's like a recipe right like crafting the soil i know don't say dirt you were the first person who taught me dirt <laughs> is a four-letter word i just heard that the other day uh shout out to riddle brothers up in cleveland uh yeah. a four-letter word uh, dr greenhands um yeah so you're the one that first told me not to say dirt dirt is a four-letter word so soil the good four-letter word we like to use is there a key to like making the perfect super soil recipe we've seen dustin and i have had conversations there was some super soil combo that sold for like four grand or something like someone's recipe like magic thing do you believe in that is it anything good is there a difference in a four thousand dollar soil or home depot topsoil that i might buy
1: man there there is such a wide range and you know shout out to uh Leighton Morrison for teaching me a lot about this and bringing uh, a lot of information. He's on the Future Cannabis podcast. Um, You know, you have all these different things being brought together that we call soil, but at the end of the day, it's not soil. It's soilless media. And what it's mostly made of is compost, peat, quar, if they use that, peat or quar, expanded pine or shaved pine, aged bark, aged woody material. And then we also have um, all the amendments and the different things, and the aeration. The aeration can be perlite, vermiculite. I've had people online be like, "Oh, vermiculite's not going to work at all." I have vermiculite beds for, you know, six cycles, and they're working fine. Vermiculite only for the aeration. So there's so many different things that you can do, but what it comes down to is just getting your levels right and getting your your soil low, locked and loaded, is what I like to say. So. Right now, I just did a run. Now I am don't even have to amend this time because I have so many aggregates that are breaking down, and I have a system breaking down. A little too many isopods, a little too many baloney sandwich isopods, but that's okay. I got. I'm gonna trap them somehow. I keep putting down duct tape, me like, then the little ones don't get on that. But I'm figuring this out. But you know, you get all this kind of going, and then your your levels kind of get to a place where it's. A lot more sustainable and you're literally adding a few cups of things and some compost and some compost extract and some teas and you're getting the same yield as people who are doing hydro and you're getting better quality and it's just you're sitting there like huh and all i had to do is add some blood meal and some feather meal and some bone meal and a little bit of alfalfa and a little bit of rock phosphate and a little bit of this you know of course being very mindful of what we're putting in because i've had my my levels go all over the place with supply chains changing you know kelp Sometimes it's super high in salt. Sometimes it's not so high in in sodium, I should say. Sometimes it's really high in sodium. Sometimes it's not. And you can flush that out of your soil. It doesn't ruin your soil. But the one thing that, when we're talking about soil, that it really comes down to, we're coming back to basics is this organic versus soil, you know, non organic or chemical. You know, it's like at the end of the day, the plant is going to decide what it wants to get from the soil or you're going to force feed it what it's supposed to get and give it like, like bottle feed it, like, like Bane from Batman. That's the get analogy. All that I up, get like, get you all know? jacked
0: up and it's artificial steroids. You know? Right.
1: Like, like that's one of the, my favorite analogies is he's
0: jacked up mm-hmm. and he's like, Oh,
1: all right. You just get that. And then you forget to feed those rock wolves or like your irrigation goes out for two hours and then they're all dead. And you're like, Oh no. And it's like these soil plants, I can just be like, all right, forget about them. They're just like, well, they're just like, the soil is almost nothing in there, but then they they come right back because they have such a big buffer in the beds. I think the living soil beds are the way to go. But as we're working towards these two things kind of coming head to head, we have to realize that we're both using soil as media, but what you're feeding it and how you're getting it to the plant is huge difference. So I think using natural systems, using these natural cycles of these bacteria and these fungi eating each other, that... Makes sense to me. That is how I want my plant to get its minerals. I don't want it to get mined in China and then turned into a bottle and then given to me. Like when you're going organic, you can literally take a dump and you can grow organic bud from that. I could I could compost my own poop, throw it on there, right? Turn it into gold. Try to do that with your hydro system. You can't do that because it's not yeah. utilizing real food stocks. And that's like hold on, just like humans. So you can go around eating all these synthetic foods or you can eat real food. So it's like the real food the plant wants is just is, is dead animals, plants, minerals and a place to put its roots and moisture. That's what it wants. It doesn't want certain types of minerals all divided up perfectly for it. And I, I think it likes a whole food diet. But that's you know my opinion. And I've I've seen the best bud I've ever seen has always been outdoor living soil or indoor living soil hands down uh so i mean that's just that's just how it is a lot of people argue numbers this that but it, and, you know there's so many terpenoids and flavonoids and things coming out that we don't have yet to understand that we aren't even quantifying yet so it's like we're, i think we're going to find that wow i think the living soil has all these different flavonoids and all these things that aren't even in the hydro bud because the plant makes them in response to these m- metabolic processes, that it only activates when you use soil. So, okay, I'm getting off on a tangent. So.
0: No, yeah, I just still, the whole time, all I'm doing is picturing someone inside their like high tech grow farm just taking a big old shit on top of their like hydroponic <laughs> system, <I> just <laughs> bend it over me really, like, I think this will make it better jumping it in there right that's what I'll, that's right that's where my mind goes if we want to tell you where i'm at i
1: could bury it and it'd probably be fire but then like other people would be like it'd like mold up and be like all up in their well, line would be what
0: you eat you eat a pretty healthy diet right you're not eating a lot of fast food and stuff you're tossing a bunch of like mcdonald's and taco bell leftovers in there that's not a nutrient rich i imagine your diet max given all your organic nature granola shit you eat is probably a pretty good nutrient rich uh defecation that's what i'm going with i'm i'm putting it on record there you probably (laughs) have nutrient rich shit we probably should talk about something else um hey that's that's
1: that's real that's real shit man
0: yeah literally uh are you are you the type of person that like do you get angry at those like or do you have like social media wars with the hydro dudes and like trying to trash them are you just more just live and let live but clearly you're uh, confident in where you're at but have you ever like had a flame war with someone online like about their hydro opinions (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been <laughs> you in,
0: like you. We've
1: we've all we have, gone. We've, no we, we've
0: all gone down that trap where some person randomly you've never met drops some totally irrelevant information, but it hits a synapse in your brain, and you're like, "You mother!" And you just gotta, you gotta go. You gotta start grabbing your phone. We've all been there. Uh, I got the lines, You let some hydro. Bro. You let a hydro dude have it once. Just ripped in. Right? I mean, I don't. I don't, I don't, don't even have Professor to say Blunt's anything.
1: That. I don't have to say anything. All I have to say is, bottles are for babies. Ah. You suck on a bottle like a baby and give money to someone okay you can do that or you can go out in nature or harvest your own minerals or harvest your own plants go out and get horsetail and get silica instead of going out and buying some silicon go out and get it inside of your go get your IMOs and make your local compost mixes get your indigenous organisms so you're not having to buy it from these prehistoric companies like mammoth and blah 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 like you don't need that you don't need it what you need to do is find the balance in the soil, and the soil will balance itself out. Believe in that, even if it's not soil. Still believe <laughs> that it's that it's it has that life.
0: I like that you float between though, because you do underappreciate like the scientific side. Like you like kind of the research, and you talked about the different you know f- flavonoids and terpenes coming out there. So you do appreciate kind of the scientific research, the testing of it, right? Because we want to make sure we have good quality. So you do float. It seems sometimes you get the very organic folks who are just like all in on the such the the holisticness of it, you know, in its connection to earth, which is fantastic. But then they kind of disapprove of the research that we're having on it as it becomes more legal or they disapprove of test results and things like that which to my opinion i think you have to you have to appreciate both like test results can tell you a lot of stuff you can learn about lineage you can verify some things you can learn a kind of cool stuff uh, onto there so you don't kind of fear the science right you're not like a, a witch or a warlock of cannabis you're more like both walking in both planes of existence
1: I got a calculator in one hand, a wand in the other, and a burner in my
0: mouth. (laughs) Professor Bloodstache, the wizard of the weed. On to there. You know, I have a question for you. We were talking. We're, you know, usually on the show talking THC when we think cannabis. Um, I watched recently. I was going down this hemp creek deep dive i don't know like looking into that uh, kind of thing which got me down into these other types of hemp derived uh, cannabinoids right we got like what 109 cannabinoids something like that along with delta 9 thc uh and because of because of the 2018 farm bill um you know which is this agricultural act which uh created the uh ability to sell legally you know um 0.3% or less THC because of that. I'm trying to stall here as I'm trying to bring up a file, uh, because of just breaking the fourth wall, uh, because of that, uh, you know, we've seen all these other cannabinoids start to pop up and stuff, Max. So here's an article recently, just an recent kind of federal ruling. So we've seen a lot of other legalization, uh, things happening since that ruling of the farm bill, these CBD guys got smart, right? Guys and girls, these CBD people got smart. These industrial hemp people got smart and took advantage of, which we've talked about often on this show, Took advantage of that loophole of the 0.3% and we got more regulation coming here Uh, we see the state of texas which has been going texas you know texas is a conservative state texas is typically anti-thc on a legislative level but man they are all in on the cbd even so much so that the texas supreme court uh here as you said uh this battle that they had going on talks about having uh Delta eight is still legal, right? They're still gonna uphold that legal loophole. Do you like this kind of stuff? Do you get into kind of the legality and this other types of Delta eight and Delta nine and THC O and Delta 10? Do you prefer, are you a purist, a Delta nine tetrahydrocannabinol guy only, or where do you fit And What do you think are excited about all these other cannabinoids that we're exploiting and putting out there for sale? I have
1: a lot of mixed feelings about it. Ooh, ooh. ooh. I've, on one hand, I think it's great because we're moving this market into something that's more acceptable. It's getting us ready for, you know, the legal market, which I think is great. But it also is a lot of a money grab. There's a lot of people coming in who don't actually care about medicine. They don't care about the effects of it. They're just trying to jump on the next hype thing. And they don't have an end goal of creating medicine. You know, so... Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people that do it right. For example, you know, the Ohio Fire Factory, shout out to Josh Steensland. He's doing phenomenal living soil, CBG. I mean, literally, this stuff looks better than a lot of people's THC bud that I've seen. And it's just like, that's just the power of living soil and good genetics. And I don't feel like I'm into a lot of the other ones, though. I mean, a lot of them, this is is the other rant I have about it for millions and thousands of years or whatever right we've been breeding cannabis yes we've been we've been getting it everyone kept choosing choosing why did they breed out high cbd and high THC Delta a and all these different, they, did, they, they bred out a lot of these things.
0: I mean, basically every other, they kept genetically over time enforcing the breeding to this one main, which we will now call Delta 9, which they would not have known then. But yes, you're, you know, I didn't even think about that. Right. They were over but, centuries. In fact, it wasn't until CBD got legal that they said, hey, let's breed it back in, you know?
1: Yeah. And, but the problem also is that they took this out they or they didn't take out all of the minor cannabinoids they left them in there and they would they bred for all of them in a ratio okay. but then as we commercialized right uh, I, there's a lot of breeders out there who talked about how people started just growing and breeding based on numbers that they got from the THC test so they are breeding for the highest THC delta nine and then they bred out all the other things so now we're in this sort of bottlenecked. Genetic, you think there's oh, there's so many types of weed, there's so many types of weed, yeah. But how many of them are related to Chemdog 91, Chemd, Sour Diesel, OG Kush, uh, a lot of them. Now almost everything's crossed with the cookies off of it, so it's like it's just it's just poly craziness going on. And there's a lot of good traits, and there's a lot of great butt out there, and it's it's made a great impact on the genetic diversity in some ways, but in other ways, again, it's It's changed what we're working with. A lot of these Delta, you know, Deltas and things, they're being found. For example, THCV is found in a lot of land races. So now we're trying to go back to breed those things and then breed those things up with the Delta 9, which I think is going to be a beautiful thing. But I think that the reason people keep coming back to Delta 9 is because it's tried and true. Mm. We have cultures that have... this for thousands of years and have no ill effects. We got to be very careful about what we're doing with our endocannabinoid system. I think that delta 9 THC, it can be a medicine, it can be overdone. But at the end of the day, it's something that we can say is tried and true and safe to do. You know, so I, I am unsure about all these lab-made ones, THCO, which is an acetate form of uh, THC delta-9, you know, that was made back in the 40s and 60s. They were making those sort of things and testing them. <clears throat> but there's I feel like we need to focus on really preserving the genetics and getting back to all those those uh, different phenotypes that hold that gold and hold those possibilities and I want to see a lot of breeders and people moving towards that instead of just going for the next hype thing or trying to get the the loophole because, I think it's going to change here soon. And then what is everyone going to want? Everyone's just going to want Delta Nine.
0: Internet, they're not going to 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 it. to it's it. you He's going to keep coming. All right. Let me ask you this. I want to bring this up because I need you to help me. Just sure. kind of help explain it to me to make sure I know what I'm reading. And you don't really know what I'm about to show you. But we talked about it a little bit before we went on the air. Uh, I was telling you a little bit. Um, about uh HHC, right, which is what uh hex hexahydrocannabinol. And so you can see here I wanted you to read on screen what it is. Uh made back in the nineteen forties, uh basically hydrogenation kind of process where they're taking um how is HC made? Let me scroll down for a little bit there. All right, so you can see under here and how it's made. CBD is extracted from the raw hemp, put into the powder form, and then essentially adding in an additional hydrogen molecule to create this kind of version of it in the oils. You like this stuff? Are you excited? Or does that even freak you out even more when we get into these more— things like thco hhc that were taking the powderistic form adding chemical compounds and then strictly making oils or concentrates you really can't even find an hhc flower right that doesn't exist it's all for concentrates and extracts versus like actual flower itself does this stuff excite you or just make you even more mad where do you sit on this
1: i think that they were made in, in the similar sort of reactions so sure. they were making those back in the day and i don't know you know i think that there might be some truth to these sort of things, and I think that the interactions between um, THC and post-post uh, extraction and reaction—that's when I get a little weird about it. Even though there are some things that we can only eat that we need a reaction before we can eat them, you know. There's so I. I find it interesting, and I don't know again if it's safe, but I do find them intriguing. I, you know, I hadn't really heard about the HHC being available as much. That kind of makes sense, you know, when you hit a, like an acetate reaction on the, the THC molecule, you get the THCO. When you hit a hydrogen hydrogen hydrogenation reaction, boom, you throw in a bunch of hydrogens on it, you get the the hexa. Hexa, uh,
0: hexa, hexa. hexa, hexa, hexa mean, phy- All yeah. right, let's learn how to. Let's hexa- be. Smart. Can- We're not. D- yeah, hold on. Let's figure out how to pronounce this word. We're uh, we're smart fellows here. We can figure out how to say this. where should be. Uh, Hexahydrocannabinol. I think oh, he's wanted... you nailed it. Hexahydrocannabinol. Let me. Uh, yeah. H hexa. a different amount of
1: hydrogens so we got tetrahydrogen, which is tetra. That's a certain amount. I believe that's seven, and then you get hexa. Boom. And then you get all these different reactions where you're taking off certain things. You're you're adding hydrogen. So I think that there's layers to this. You know that. It it could be good, but maybe we're just looking at things that could be happening from reactions with other minor cannabinoids and maybe reactions that are happening with flavonoids and, and terpenoids that we don't know. So what if when, when something ingests into our body that it starts reacting and turning into these things based on the terpenoids and things that are in there in the smoke and inside of the vapor at these temperatures of our body even – All these things are interacting. And I think that we're still such a young species in our science. I mean, we think we're so high and mighty, but I think we have yet to understand what happens as it enters our biology. And I think that it's shifting and forming and that we're seeing this on the outside. And then we're like, Oh, that's a, that's a different HHC. That's a different type of cannabinoid. But what we're seeing is maybe that's what's going on inside of us Uh, to kind of wrap it up. I think that's kind of.
0: No, I, that makes sense. You know, it's interesting. I think about, You know, I have this conversation often with other people or maybe just inside my own brain uh, about how, you know, the use of smartphones and technology, right? Our brains are still very young and not used to that, which sounds sort of like a conversation we would have outside of here, but my brain's not used to that, right? It just hasn't fully developed. And over the course of time, you know, we're going to evolutionary form. Our brains will probably get shorter and shorter attention spans. And so over the course of time, our body has had a variety of, things ingested into it. We're a good population of the culture, and then we breed with each other, and then we just have that in our system. And while we're still learning about the ECS, the endocannabinoid system, and obviously, you know, its existence, we're going to in say, unfortunately, beyond our time, Max, you know, whatever urethral version of post-life you imagine, but beyond our probably time on this earth, uh, have a generation of people who have an increased amount of, uh let's say THC or activation of the endocannabinoid system right breeding and then having people who are very used to it uh it's like eventually do we become we're Delta 9 we become almost immune and we need these other cannabinoids this is deep pot talk I know but uh I'm trying to picture like long term do we eventually breed ourselves away from the ability to get say high for lack of a better term off of Delta 9 right you didn't see you didn't see that question come today Whoa. I know. Right I now know. We got deep for a second, but I think about that often. Like, do we? Are we changing ourselves? Are we eventually going to breed ourselves out of the ability to get high off Delta 9?
1: If not enough people get high,
0: <laughs> we need <laughs> lots. in order for that to happen. We probably need like federal legalization. We need everyone uh, to get happen uh, well, into there.
1: I, I think that's a deep rabbit hole, and if you think about it, I think it could happen. I think that there's still a lot of things that affect our brain, like psilocybin, THC, water. I put these in the same category. You need them. You need them in your life.
0: And I uh, think that yeah. bodies
1: have uh, ways to absorb them for, cert- for certain reasons that it's evolved. And I think that they're so profound that it won't unevolve those things unless people are way too focused on these other things, like you're saying. You know, like, for example, oh. the cannabinoid system has a lot has a lot to do with hunting. And I think that, and that's what, I mean, there's a lot of female stoners, a lot of people, and everyone loves cannabis. But for some reason, you know, men really love cannabis. I've seen, I've met more men's stoners than women's stoners.
0: Traditionally, there are, I mean, stereotypically or uh, statistically, we'll say that. There are, I mean, t- stereotypically, yes, it's more of a uh, male thought of drug. And while statistically there are a growing number of women users, it still is probably a 65-35 kind of split um on that it's definitely considered more of a male thing for sure
1: yeah and I, I and i think that there there's you know michael Pullen talks about this in his uh omnivore book where he says that he feels like that maybe cannabinoid receptors were there so that we could just be really quiet and sensitive and just kind of you when you get real stoned you just stare off and wait for something you know and it puts you into a sort of flux and maybe our mind is making this own thc or what we were eating before we were hunting because there's always um psychedelic and certain mind enhancing uh plants and mushrooms and botanicals and even animal products that people would eat before they'd go hunting to get more attuned. so i think the cannabinoid system has a lot to do with that
0: huh i like that theory i had not really thought about that before uh some you people
1: know, talked- kind of throws them off you know what i mean some people are like ah and they can't pay attention to anything then some people are like Fuck. On, you know,
0: I understand. I think, well, it definitely we've talked, I've had this conversation before, but we'll tie it with you. I've talked about this, uh, it definitely affects you as a person, and so I wonder this evolutionary wise as well. I think, and I'm not the only person to think this or state this, this is a common, I think, reaction, especially as you age. Uh, I think the more you consume i do believe you are more emotionally connected whether it is to earth or whether it is to your own self Uh, like i cry during like kids cartoons right i'm just a weeper right just a weeper in general i believe (laughs) that part of it is from usage of that allowing me to be more comfortable in my own skin which i feel very much so and so once again evolutionary wise do we eventually become kinder gentler souls if more people do that uh but you are correct like it allows you to kind of in some areas stereotypically and for most people regardless of whatever type you have really to focus whether that focus is staring and getting lost or but or whether it is just slow the brain down once again thinking about today's genre today's you know electronic information just constant 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 like and think about a singular subject and go from there. And some people don't. There are people who are, as you said, there are overindulgences. And I appreciate that you said that. Not everyone believes in that. And I think you have to prescribe. And because anything, I can drink too much water. I can have too much salt. Like salt's good for you, but I can have too much. I can have too much of anything. Into that. So uh, I just, you know, it's interesting the way our brains think and where we'll be. And could we continue with usage and understanding in this uh, become nicer? And as you mentioned a couple times now, kind of uh mushrooms and other psychedelics getting into there, which I think we'll see, you know, we've had that conversation out of here. The continued use. We've seen a couple areas, you know, a couple cities here and there decriminalized psilocybin. Um we actually had this isn't as exciting news because it's not actually uh you know gonna happen yet, but we have states. Colorado's and always been a really like forward thinking state clearly. So while it's not legal yet, Colorado's putting all these books in their legislative uh wardrobe so to speak to allow for prescriptions of psilocybin now they just allowed for prescriptions of or recommendations whatever they kind of call it mdma and the use of other psychedelics for you know various things right various things just like cannabis uh do you like that do you like the continued usage of other types of naturally found mdna can be suspect in that but let's say ayahuasca or dmt or even psilocybin other natural uh types of mind-altering things for medical treatment are we not there yet where are you sitting on these a little bit outside of the cannabis circle
1: I think that's a great question BC I think that as we're getting towards understanding that there's there's medications like these that can help people but they're not I don't like to see them become prescriptions MDMA just a note is very great for people because it helps them open up their heart helps them open up through trauma past trauma a lot of people who deal with rape and deal with these sort of things MDMA can seem to help them but I think that there's all this commercialization of it there's just and I'm I don't like that I think that it needs to move it needs to go that way so that it becomes more acceptable and, and legal but mm-hmm. I, for me I feel like these are medicines that people can be educated to use properly so let's think about this as a culture everyone knows you don't drink too much till to your blackout and go fucking puke <laughs> yes, okay we've all been there. if you drink drinker, you've been there correct right you d- you don't like the molly bag until you feel like you're about to pee and you're freaking the fuck out right no well, I, you don't I'm gonna do take your word for that one <laughs> okay you don't uh, you don't you don't take too many mushrooms that you feel like your head's gonna Fucking fall off because you ate half of mushrooms and you never tried before. No, no. There needs to be an understanding of this, just like there's an understanding of alcohol. And the only reason that there isn't is because there's money to be made. That's the only reason I see this, these uh, meta- medical sort of interventions. And I think that's great. Again, as a scientist, cool. Let's have data. Mm-hmm. But you're never gonna get the same effects from someone being in this sort of environment, perfectly attuned, there's no, there's music or whatever they want, and then it's like, I think that people are responsible enough to do it themselves. I think that we're educated and, and intelligent enough to take that sovereignty back, because I think that it's our sovereign right to understand and experiment with these things so that we can have further healing inside of our own lives. And I do think that To make it so you have to go here and do it like this i think that is bastardizing the medicine in some ways and i know a lot of people are on the boat and and understand that it's going this way and are cool with it and they won't um they don't stand against it you know there's a lot of people out there that are in the psychedelic movement that i know are supporting this medicalization and i support Mm. their work i'm not going to name them but I still think that it needs to be said that that it's kind of bastardizing to take this and then say well you guys aren't smart enough to do it by yourselves you need medical intervention you need no 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 no, no. this isn't a heart medicine this isn't a- <laughs> this isn't a diabetes insulin injection this is something that alters our consciousness and we need to take responsibility like we've taken responsibility for alcohol And we need to incorporate this into our culture. And who are the people that are going to have the most knowledge of it? It's not going to be these people setting up these experiments. It's going to be the shamans on the ground who won't call themselves shamans who do this and deal with this and have done it to improve their own lives. And those are the type of people that won't come out because they're scared of being criminalized. So I do see also moving towards medicalization is a positive thing because it's going to let more people come out. You know, I've been underground for so long before I was at the school and all these things. And it feels good to be able to finally get out and talk about these things with you. And I I hope that we can see us heal as a society because these are going to be band-aids on it. But I think that these need to be available to people. And I worry that they're not going
0: to be. It's going to be tough. They're probably going to be... I think probably like cannabis was, especially in the earlier days, and though obviously it's available more in, you know, 18 now 19 states with Rhode Island legalizing soon, um, you know, more available. But I think the early days, especially things like, you know, psilocybin, definitely MDMA, the early days are probably going to be regulated, enforced, hard to get to, kind of people getting frustrated. I hope, my hope is that states especially if they're forward thinking states like colorado oregon washington california probably where the west which is where this is going to happen that they've learned how to some of the pitfalls to avoid when legalization of a say federally illegal substance something on schedule one of the csa like hopefully they've learned some of their lessons like i think they are now right like colorado that article we just pulled up the fact that they're getting things in the books to say it's not even legal yet but to say when it becomes or if this ever happens we should be able to roll this out much faster because we already have these books places like Oregon and Washington which have put legislative measures in saying we are uh, like regulations for state-to-state exportation of cannabis even though it doesn't exist like that's the type of thing so I'm hoping when it gets to say psychedelic treatment and those things It'll be a little smoother, but I also believe uh, that's my nativity cap, if that's such a word that I'm wearing because money talks and everyone's going to get in the way and it's not going to always – it never goes as smooth and as blissful and as harmonic as you hope it will. Maybe this time. I doubt it, though. I'm too cynical to uh, agree with that. <laughs> no, I don't know. What are you going to yeah. do? Uh, you know, I have a question for you, Max, something that, uh, that I've always wondered for you. Uh, you are very much in tune with nature, you know, you're all about the organicness, you know, part of the reasons you enjoy the caregiver aspect is because it is allow you to grow your own. You don't have to worry about uh, rules and regulations. Would you? Would you? I, I feel like you're the type who wouldn't, but I'm curious, and maybe it's money talks. Like, would you want to run a large scale, big budget commercial grow? Like if someone came up to you, finally said, Professor Bluntstash, we're gonna give you the do that you've been, right? You've been underground, here you are. Obviously you appeared on this awesome podcast, so we love you. Like they finally appreciate you, but it's big budget, big money, corporate lifestyle, you know, but money, like serious cash. See, I don't know the number, it doesn't matter. Serious. Is that something you would do, or do you feel like there's a integrity that would bother you? Like one of these, I'm not even talking like a cool organic place. We're talking a big budget Walmart or cannabis wants you to run it for more money than your brain can can understand. I don't know. Right? It's hard. I know you feel like you want to keep to it. And obviously they want you because of your viewpoints, but it still would be a manufacturing operation versus a small grow, right? I mean, it would be. It'd be an operation.
1: I I, I don't know if they could offer me enough money to grow Booth. (laughs) Cause at the end of the day, everyone knows the real fire is coming out of caregivers places. It's coming out of these smaller places. It's coming out of the woodwork. That's where the real fire is. And I think that I would, you know, I would consider it if they wanted to do living soil, but I don't think I could keep the quality up where it is because the plant's energy wouldn't be the same. you know, when your goal is just to make money, I don't think she responds in the same way. That's my opinion. And I so ener- you say that though, you know, it's like energetically for me, it would be interesting to set it up and do it and maybe get paid to set it up and then paid to help people run it. But then at the end of the day, you know, I'd rather have my hands in the soil than playing with rock, wool dust. And that's just me. And that's a great question, but if anyone wants to do a big scale organic, hit me up.
0: <laughs> you like, you I just do, do it my way into there. I do, I do uh,
1: consult. I, I do consult with people, you know, trying to go more organic. I got uh, actually a student that was uh, under me who had graduated. He's starting up another place in uh, Michigan. So shout out to him. Jason, what's up? I'm going to be talking to him uh, here soon. Um, I'm really, I love working with commercial places. I just haven't gotten my own spot yet. And that's just because the deals haven't been right, things haven't been right. You know, a lot of my heart loves Michigan, but right now things are just whacked out in this whole state area—Michigan, Ohio, Indiana. Everything is just the laws are screwed. I'm really grateful for Michigan, <clears throat> but the market's very saturated here, and people don't care as much about organic in some ways, um, which is sad, but. People still make the better bud and sell it for the same price and they call it organic and respect to that
0: well, i'll tell you right yeah. now the prices are dropping prices are dropping everywhere you know we'll end on this let's talk about this for a little bit before we go uh yeah, michigan go. amongst many states does that you know it's just the business of it i mean the wholesale pound is pennies on the dollar compared to what it was even a few years ago. And it's never, it's not going to go up, right? It's not going to go up. So it's going to be the demand for maybe higher quality or the organicness of it, you know, kind of like we do in our regular groceries. If I want to go to pick your grocery store, uh, when I go to the orange section, if I want to buy oranges or bananas, it's like bottom prices for basic oranges. And then I pay a maybe a 50% or so markup to get that organicness stuff. We haven't really gotten there yet. I mean, maybe a little bit when it comes to cannabis, but with the wholesale price plummeting, I mean, Colorado's five, 600, Colorado, uh, California's like three, 400, Michigan's like six, 700. You know, you're getting ounces for less than a hundred bucks in Michigan in California and Colorado, not just dirt. We're talking like good stuff. Like you're getting ounces because they have to compete Do you uh does that frustrate you do you like it or the chase and the kind of lowness of it does that think maybe organicness gives that other tier do you think we can get to that point where we can have a double the price increase just because of the material the growth the super soil or whatever you know living soil that's used you do you you think that's maybe our future since right now it's just a race to bottom dwelling prices which is killing (laughs) cultivators this shit's expensive to do people it's killing you guys. You guys are not making profit right now. So once again, the <laughs> caregiver side, what's well, the caregiver side versus the business side? Can't make profit. It's hard. You got to really, you know, we talk about this in our class, lean and all this stuff. But uh, do you think maybe we will get to where organic has like this higher tier and is appreciated more?
1: I think it will, BC. And I think I believe it will because I think that there are people who understand quality. There is such a wide range of quality on the market that I mean, you hit stuff that's okay to smoke, like you said, and here's where the store sits. C, D quality, F quality even, which has got fungi, all these sort of things. And then you got up to B quality. And that's about where I see machine-trimmed industrial buds sitting. And then you get an above, you get an organic, people that hand trim, people that actually understand they're growing good strains. Even if they're doing it, they can get A grade. But the A plus grade, is always going to be the stuff that has not been sitting around uh, improperly stored, the stuff that's been A to B or or A to Z perfectly done. That is going to have a market for people once people get more educated on it and they see it. I mean, a lot of times people, you know, I'm like, here, check out my bud and stuff. And they're like, I've literally never seen bud like this, like this crystally, this shiny or the way it sparkles. I'm assuming they've bought like medical stuff too, right?
0: Yeah. Right. They they
1: bought bought medical stuff, but most of it's been machine trimmed or the the crystals Mm -hmm. are knocked off. You know what I mean? Like even in shipping and things like it's knocked off there. They don't cushion these things. Every time it's put through the machine trimmer, a lot of them are knocked off. It doesn't shine like A-grade. So I think that there will be uh, a, a smaller sliver of the market that will eventually grow more of the people who want the high-quality stuff, just like the people who will buy the oranges. But I think the problem is right now with the legality is the problem with organic cultivators getting their product out in specific markets and getting people to understand there's a difference and getting people to buy these different grades of shell because there is this push from corporate cannabis that is pushing out small cultivators. And we all know it, all us on the bottom. We feel the pressure. Um, it's hard for us to come down. And, and compete at those prices, but we will, and I think that we're gonna make it through. I'm um, I think that regardless that that it'll be a sea of mids, and then there'll be the shine. There'll be the stars. You know, there'll be the sea it. of mids for a hundred to, t- you know what I mean. And then there'll be just shining stars. And if you think you can come up here in the sky with me and compete, good luck. You ain't gonna be able to do I it think- with Hydro
0: when you'll finally get to see it right right now part of the issue i actually just had this interesting let me see if i have a package like that um i do right and so uh this is a package speaking of thco there a shout out to a whole plant uh whole plant farms alex huska alex Alex is going to be on our show he's going to be on our show here in a couple of weeks we got him coming up He is really pushing the uh, boundary. Someone who started in his basement three years ago, or in his third bedroom, I apologize, now just bought a brand new facility. We'll get Alex from Whole Plant and Plant Puff, his new brand, on here soon. Uh, Shout out to them. Uh, But I had a conversation with another gentleman recently about packaging. I'm a big fan of marketing and such. And so we were even talking about how on a large scale level, when manufacturers use these indentation packages to where you have a little bit on the bottom, even for your bud, for example, that makes it even harder to get, say, the shake off or the crystallization that falls off versus, say, just a standard bottom or maybe a glass jar, plastic jar something like that so even the packaging really can affect as you said the shipping of it not just even you can trim it perfectly put it in a nice little package and seal it up nice and neat though the reality is we're seeing more and more uh automated packaging machines inside our industry you know machines that can roll 5000 pre-rolls in an hour that can package up pounds and pounds and pounds of cannabis uh in minutes like minutes perfectly weigh 2.83 grams to the decimal point perfectly straight packages perfectly air sealed tight uh, what happens though, you talk about it, all the shake off. What I think needs to happen, and we're getting there, some states, and uh, where I would love to see you. We got to put you in a place because this, Max uh, Professor Bloodstash, is where you belong, the basic uh, farm to table kind of aspect. And we can get to that where you can roll up to a roadside. Like I can go down the street, down the street, I can buy corn, I can buy tomatoes from this gentleman who grows them they're fantastic he sells them on the side of the road from his local little farm and a community where i live uh, when you can do that with Cannabis, and you can roll up. That's when you're going to see like crystallization and be able to get that. Can you imagine? Would you like to run a farm table stand? I can imagine <laughs> Professor <laughs> Bluntstash's roadside extravaganza where you just sit there and you have a little sideshow. I picture you in your lab coat, just kind of educating, but also you know, like a any performance in one of those fairs where afterwards you get to sell some swag and stuff like that. Like you put on a little show. And you're like, come buy my goods, everybody, Professor, with your wizard hat. You know you have that wizard hat. I've seen it R- running around with your wizard yeah. cat and such. Would you love to work a farm-to-table thing? Would that be fun for you?
1: I would, man. I love it. And, you know, shout-out to my friend Lorax, uh, 315. He is rocking it up there in New York. They're having farmer's markets and doing that exact thing. Yes. He's a wizard as well. And I would love to do that. I think that bringing this to the farmer's market and bringing this to having these events where people are looking for that grade A, and we'll we'll compete with the prices, you know, I think that people are going to be amazed by what they get, the different effects, how there's always going to be uh, different things that you can get instead of just the same runs, this, that, especially on the street, you're just getting garbage. So I, I would love to see moving towards education and, and doing that because my biggest takeaway from this is that I've always been teaching people to grow cannabis, but a lot of the time I've been trying to teach you guys to grow it for yourselves. Because I think mm-hmm. that is the biggest kick in the nuts to the corporate cannabis. If I teach you all how to grow fire like this, doing almost nothing, just giving water and getting the right conditions as that outdoor, indoor, and I give you the right strains and everything, then that for me is a win. Everyone's winning. I don't I don't even want to be just the guy producing it and giving it to people, even though I think there will always be a market. I think that I want to see people be able to do this themselves i want to see the laws change for that because that is a big renaissance where people are going to see all sorts of different things that they never had access to before because they'll be growing their own so that's exciting
0: i love it that's how we're, that's how the revolution begins it doesn't begin from whatever you're growing it begins from not buying <clears throat> theirs and growing your own i love it i love it max i love it, professor black uh mm. thank you uh very much uh for joining us Uh I really appreciate you being here. appreciate you stepping in. Dustin, I know you can join us. Dustin's gonna be super bummed, so we're gonna have to get you back on uh and chat with Dustin. You two always remind me of each other. You kind of have a similar vibe about yourself. He's like I call you each other because when you're around, you both have very similar. So I have two of you in the same room. That might be a lot. But uh, (laughs) uh, I we gotta get that to happen here soon uh for that. All right, we'll end the show here. I'm gonna kick you to the lobby, Max. Don't go anywhere. Don't leave. I want to talk to you uh before you go. Thank you for joining us, uh Max. Can I find you? Can we get you someplace? You got your Instagram, running that thing what are you doing these days
1: yeah you can find that's probably the easiest out socially in. where you at i've been on a hiatus for a while everyone just kind of keeping my head down working on my projects but i'm coming back out <clears throat> and am going to be releasing some classes i'm going to be releasing uh you know since the change with the hemp thing i'm going to be selling cuts and beans now um you know uh u.s wide um maybe even international i don't know you know i'm not sure how those apply
0: international probably playboy on-
1: It probably depends on, you know, if it's like Canada or something where you're allowed to sell hemp, then, you know, then I think that we can exchange that. But I'm excited for all the new things I got coming down the pipeline. I'm working on getting some investors for that Uh, hemp company. Like you were talking, BC, if anyone has any interest in that, you know, feel free to message me. It's professor underscore blunt stash on Instagram. And you call me, uh, hit me up. I'll I'm usually react to people, even if it's a couple days after. And thanks BC, appreciate you, man.
0: Yeah, you know, you're awesome. All right, don't go anywhere, hold on a second. Uh, all right, everyone, that is our uh, Because Cannabis episode 17, Buds and Blueberries. Thank you, uh, Max, Professor Bluntstache for joining us. Dustin, you missed a good one. Uh, don't forget, give us a subscription here on YouTube. Give us a follow on audio. Uh, we really appreciate it. Wayward.media is the website, at meetwm, socially, in uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Meet M E E T W M Next Friday, another brand new Because Cannabis, 420 p.m. every single Friday. Brand new shows on YouTube. Give us a subscription so you find out. Get that notification who our guest will be. And then of course on audio, iTunes, Google Play, all that great stuff. Thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, let's get ready to get this music of rocking and rolling. We'll see you next week, everyone. Take care.